Welcome to Nomics, our journey to build an open and inclusive world through challenging the status quo with engineering, science and creativity. My name is Yona and I'm always happy to connect the dots of our network, no matter if you're from Canada, Brazil, South Africa, Indonesia and so on. You can find more about my projects and initiatives in description and social networks. In this episode, we challenge the status quo with crowdsolving. My today guest is Selena Lee from Zindi, Africa. It's a data science competition platform that uses hackathons to solve the most pressing challenges for the machine learning and AI community. To date, we have involved over 10,000 scientists, but I believe that is just the beginning. Before we are talking about Zindi crowdsolving, uh, data science and tackling social challenges, I would love to ask you about how you came up with the idea of Zindi and how you jump from international development background. As I uh, found mm. you work around the world, even in Latin America, mm. and now you mostly focus on Africa. On one hand, you manage uh, tech teams, uh, tech people, your focus on data science. At the same time, you try to tackle social challenges. So what's the journey, what's the passion behind this decision and this idea? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's been an interesting journey personally. I mean, I've, I started off with um, a degree in applied mathematics with a minor in computer science. So I very much like you know, have a really strong interest in data. I love data. Um, and when I went out into the corporate world, it was actually, you know, not, it wasn't for me. It wasn't, it wasn't satisfying in the way that, or fulfilling in the way that, you know, I was, I was looking for. And so I left corporate America relatively quickly after a couple of years. Um, and then I went into international development and, but since working in the NGO and nonprofit space, um, I was always really interested in how I could connect back to, you know, the use of data and more advanced analytics to drive the impact that we were supposed to be having, um, to understand the impact better, to measure the impact better, to, you know, to basically, you know, advance the work that we were doing. And I think that there's always been this disconnect between what's happening in the, you know, private for-profit space in terms of you know, machine learning, AI, data science, and what, um, you know, development initiatives are doing, whether it's driven by government or NGOs. And so I've always been interested in that space. I've, you know, I've done a lot of work in that space of trying to work on the nonprofit side and drive better uses of, of data and coming over to Zindi, um, it's kind of like the other way around where I'm working in a tech startup. Uh, you know, it is a for-profit company, but I'm, I'm really excited about the use cases and the applications of AI 
to make people's lives better ultimately to you know to create more inclusive economies um you know to have social impact you know there's other ways that we can translate the advances that are happening in the private sector um in ways that matter to the everyday person you know whether in rural africa or in Cape Town, you know, um, and and so actually, so the where Zindi came from. I mean, we we launched Zindi about a year and a half ago, and that's when I say we, it's me, and as well as two partners, um, we're three co-founders that created Zindi. And it's interesting because we each come from different spaces. I mean, I was coming from the development space. Um, one of my co-founders, Megan Yates, is a data scientist. She was one of the first data scientists in South Africa. Um, really, you know, in, like she describes it in the beginning, in the early years, it was really just even about education, about what is data science and what's possible. Um, she's done a lot of like interesting projects for major banks and, um, you know, telco companies and, 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 you know, different applications of machine learning and data science like that. Uh, and our other co-founder is Echo Duker, who used to be, um, he was previously the chief analytics officer of retail banking at Barclays Bank. Um, you know, he has a lot of deep experience in the mining industry and in the financial service industry. So it's a really great, um, you know, combination of perspectives that we came, you know, of us coming together. And and the reason why we created Zindi uh, from all of our perspectives was this opportunity where in Africa, uh, organizations and companies are generating massive amounts of data, uh, data that they don't, you know, that they realize is an asset and a value, but don't necessarily know how to extract the value out of, out of that asset. And so they are interested in applications like machine learning and AI, but don't necessarily have the skills in-house or even know how to connect with the skills um, even externally uh, to you know to start on that journey and then on the other hand we also and especially in my work in development I had been working for a couple of years um, with a project where we were supporting young data scientists across Africa so I was very aware of the thousands tens of thousands of young data scientists that were coming up in Africa but didn't necessarily have the platform you know to build their skills to uh, you know showcase their own talents and make connections in the market that you know that could lead to gainful employment for them opportunities for them so um so that's why we created zindi we wanted to create a space for the entire data science ecosystem in africa to grow and strengthen for you know the supply and the demand for these types of skills to be able to come together um yeah <laughs> okay um it's a kind of a whole journey a whole story but how do you pitch yourself for instance to vcs organization in short so uh in short what do you create like a value proposition yeah i mean our our value is that we we are creating um a space for data scientists to build their skills on real life data sets to build their own pro professional profile and to connect with employment opportunities in their own markets and we're also by that same token we're creating a space for any organization in Africa be it government nonprofit organizations um, corporates startups any organization that has data um, we're creating an opportunity for them to test the waters in a low risk low cost way to you know get a you know get on their journey of of data science. Um, so we do this by running competitions where companies and organizations can put up a problem and a data set and they can tap into this community of over 12,000 data scientists to provide them with the best of best solution tailor-made for their organization. Uh, okay. Um, 
Nowadays, we have uh, a bit some kind of the overwhelming level of different terms like uh, crowdsourcing, crowd working, crowd solving, open source, decentralized. And some people, even investors who are not actually uh, tech experts, were a bit overwhelmed. Just imagine that I haven't spent 15 years in technology. How would you define crowd solving term? Uh, what does it mean and why is it efficient uh, in terms of uh, social challenges and business challenges? Yeah, I mean, so crowd solving means that you have a problem, you can throw it out into the, you know, in into the open space and invite people to solve the problem for you. And what's amazing about that is that you're tapping into um you will you're tapping into the best talent that's out there and not only that because of the way we've structured the Zindi platform uh we're you know, we're ranking the solution that, solutions as they come in. So when you crowd you know when you crowdsource a solution on zindi you're you know that at the end of the day you're going to get the best of the best um solution so it's a way to get a quick solution you know a relatively quick turnaround on your solution it's a way to get the best of best um and and on top of it you're also supporting a community of you know of of skilled engineers that are hungry to solve your problem and get and yeah and dig into it so Okay, it's cool. I want this thing. Okay, uh, currently I'm working with many tech companies uh, across the world, and currently there is some kind of trend of shift from venture uh, or uh, venture startups to tech nonprofits. So many mission-driven companies prefer nonprofit model. So my question is, do you use nonprofit or for-profit model for Zindi? Uh, we're a for-profit. For-profit. Okay. Uh, did you ever think about maybe tapping a nonprofit model or not? Yeah, we thought about it. And I think that a lot of that, you know, and we went back and forth and a lot of the decision came down to also my experience in nonprofit organizations um, that the, you know, this, the sustainability question of nonprofits is always there and always looming and it's it's quite a difficult one to be a sustainable nonprofit organization you're really dependent on donor funding um you know so you what we wanted to find was to find that 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 balance of being able to provide you know social positive gains you know and create a you know an inclusive ai environment in africa which is very much a social mission but then find a way to make that sustainable so that we're not you know we're you know we we know that we'll be able to continue to provide that kind of support and service to the market you know for years to come Okay, one of the crucial thing you have in your structure is a competition. And basically, you provide value from organizing competition and govern smart people to uh, tackle a particular problem. How exactly it happened? For instance, I'm organization and I would love to host your competition. What I need to do, mm -hmm. uh, what amount of resources I need or, or budgets and how it usually happen? Mm -hmm. So we, um, so the typical, I guess the typical competition that we run on Zindi is uh, a lot of times organizations come to us, they have maybe a problem that they're trying to work through. Sometimes organizations just have 
data and they're just trying to figure out, okay, what is the use case? We help them define a very specific machine learning or AI challenge that they can do. And this can be anything from, you know, uh, we did one for a call center forecasting, you know, the volume of calls by hour by day um, to a computer vision challenge, you know, using satellite imagery to recognize what type of crops are growing. You know, there's a wide range, but essentially we help define a very specific problem like that. Uh, We put the challenge and the data set onto the platform. We open it up to our community of 12,000 data scientists. They they then download the data and work on building these machine learning models on the data. Um, and then when throughout the, you know, we usually keep these competitions open for two to three months. And during that time, they can make as many submissions as they want. So they make submissions that we're able to evaluate um based on how accurate their models are performing. So the nice thing about like a machine learning challenge is that typically it's about like predicting the future or classifying or, you know, there's always a sense of a correct answer and an incorrect answer. So essentially what we've done on Zindi is build in an evaluation um I guess, you know, taking in the submissions, evaluating how accurate the submissions are, and then giving back an accuracy score. And so everyone, every time they make a submission, they're given an accuracy score and placed on a live leaderboard. Um, And this happens throughout the couple of months, and people are moving up and down the leaderboard, like, hour by hour. Um, At the end of the competition, we... We take the top three solutions, we get the code, we validate the code, and then we give it to the um, the company. So the company actually then owns the IP and the entire code base for the top three solutions. And in exchange, the top three winners um, receive cash prizes. Um, yeah. And then in terms of the pricing, I mean, we have, you know, it depends on the complexity of the problem and the type of data that we're working on. Uh, we also have preferential pricing for nonprofit organizations. Um, and yeah, but we like to think that what we're offering in terms of value is still very competitive and affordable compared to what it would cost to hire a, you know, a consulting company to, to deliver the same type of value. And not only that, you get the top three solutions, not just one. Great. And now I would love to, um, ask you about hackathon model i've noticed which you Mm -hmm. use it and you mentioned it on your site personally i'm a huge advocate of hackathons one of my uh Mm -hmm. co-founders was organizer of hackathons and i believe it is is a powerful way to motivate people to create not just products but solutions because we're hungry as you mentioned Uh, so i would love to ask you how exactly you use hackathon model you have some kind of a time uh, limits and how exactly you motivate people how it's happened so, I mean, it's interesting because the hackathons um, came up organically in a way. Like we were running competitions on Zindi, but the community um, actually came up with uh, organizing hackathons in their own countries. So we have, like I said, we have over 12,000 users and we have users in almost every country in Africa. And what's also been amazing is that we have... Um, a network of Zindi ambassadors. We have about, I think, 18 Zindi ambassadors right now that are that are in different countries. And a lot of them, you know, came up as ambassadors because they were already interested in running meetups, um, you know, boot camps, and, and of course, then also running hackathons in their communities. Uh, you know, so in Lagos, you know, you have AI Saturdays. Um, you know, you have in Kenya, AI Kenya, uh, in the 
in Kampala, Uganda, you have Kampala, our user group. So there's all these groups that are coming up. They run hackathons. So typically they'll do a one or two day hackathon and they'll use this indie platform. Um, we've, we've recently launched um, a bit more functionality uh, just a couple weeks ago to be able to run hackathons more efficiently. So like you said, we put a, a very short time limit on the hackathons. Uh, uh, but essentially, you know, what we run on our on our platform is like a long term hackathon. And then what our community members run are, you know, quick weekend hackathons. Uh, uh, I'll also mention that we recently ran. So we recently actually ran a inter-university hackathon. You might have seen some information about that. Um, but on the 21st of March, right when all the universities were starting to close down. The timing was interesting. Uh, on the 21st of March, we ran a inter-university, pan-African inter-university hackathon uh, where we had over a thousand students log on for the day. So that was a Saturday. We started in the morning, ended in the evening. And we had over a thousand students from over 70 universities across 16 countries in Africa, all working on the challenges. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's a super exciting space. And I think the live leaderboard also like adds a lot of excitement because you can see as people are moving up and down um, the leaderboard. Great. Uh, you mentioned that uh, people uh, come from different places and geographies. So what's your current uh, scope and reach? Which countries involved uh, in your competition, both in terms of data scientists and maybe organizations which try to tackle particular mm -hmm. challenges? Yeah, I mean, it's it really is... Uh, you know, it's very diverse. I mean, we have really good coverage across Africa, which I think makes Zindi very unique. Um, but in terms of like the biggest countries, we have the most engagement from Nigeria, from Kenya, South Africa. Um, but then we also start to have, you know, in the in the next tier of engagement, I mean, we have Tunisia, we have Uganda, um, Tanzania, Senegal. I mean, it's really like exciting to see the level of engagement. Um, yeah. I have found that currently you have around 10,000 data scientists. I think it's a pretty huge. Is this number correct or it's even bigger? Well, it's even bigger. It's 12,000 now. <laughs> um, and that was only, I think, a month ago or so that, or yeah, it was about a month ago that we um, announced that we had hit 10,000, which was a huge milestone for us. It was so exciting. Um, but yeah, we're, we're past 12,000 to date, uh, but every week that number is changing. Uh, by the way, how is difficult to uh, find qualified data scientists? What's your, uh, I would say, tail and flow? Do you collaborate with universities, ecosystem? How do you build your community? How you vet them? Maybe you have some kind of certification, examination. And for instance, mm -hmm. someone would love to join you as a data scientist. What I need to do, how, how it's happened? Yeah, so, okay, so to join Zindi, actually anybody can join Zindi. So, you know, so so that could be, uh, you know, someone who's, you know, just interested. We have a lot of people who maybe have like a coding background and they're interested in moving more into data science. So they see Zindi as an opportunity to, you know, to just test out and, and learn. Um, as one of our data scientists said um, to us, they said, there's, there's only winning or learning. There's no losing on Zindi. So I think a lot of people join Zindi with the idea that they want to learn and build their skills on real, to solve real problems that matter to them. 
Um, but essentially anyone can join Zindi, uh, you know, but to get on a leaderboard, to join a competition, get on a leaderboard, it, it essentially takes a certain amount of skills. Um, so there's no, there's no vetting that we actively do, except that in order to get on the leaderboard, you actually have to have, um, you know, have an, an understanding of how to build at least a first model, a basic model um, in, in using machine learning. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's a very inclusive space. That was one of the things we wanted to do is make sure that this was inclusive. And, you know, even if you're still a student or a learner, um, you're very much you're very welcome oh and and the way that we got so many or the way that we reach out and have gotten so many number you know such big numbers so quickly is because like i said there's communities in every major city in in africa any city in africa you will find a community of data scientists uh you know there's i think you had mentioned before the ai saturdays network there's our user groups there's the pi data groups there's so many there's the women in data science groups like there's so many communities that were organically already forming um and i think what zindi's about is creating a space for them and giving them a space where they can showcase their skills where they can even meet each other i mean what what's exciting is finding the different groups starting to uh, connect with each other and even form teams across different countries. So I think, uh, you know, this was, uh, you know, it's really about making sure that AI is serves everybody and everyone has an opportunity to build their skills and build a, you know, a career in AI. Cool. Uh, recently, um, I have explored organization. I believe you're familiar with them. It's called AI Saturdays is Meetup. Uh, they're mostly mm -hmm. uh, headquartered in Europe, but they have a presence uh, in Africa and Latin America. And as far as I know, we have set some kind of a record in terms of uh, uh, people who visit this event in Lagos, Nigeria. So based on their statistics, there is a huge interest to technology, mathematics, computer science, uh, in particular countries in Africa. Based on your observation, uh, your statistic, your experience, do you feel that there is a, definitely some kind of a growing number of people who became really interested in order to connect their paths with computer science, statistics, data science, machine learning? Mm -hmm. In in Africa, yes, or uh, in Nigeria, maybe in, uh, maybe in particular countries, based on your uh, data, maybe in Africa in general or particular yeah. countries. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just as the Zindi numbers show, I think the biggest hubs of you know of activity and interest and and skills and education in this space is probably Nigeria, South Africa, and Kenya. Um, but that's not to discount the efforts that are being made and, you know, across Africa. And I think what this is about is really, I mean, even in a country like South Africa, which is relatively, you know, strong economically, 31% of college graduates are unemployed. Um, I don't even know what that statistic is in, in Nigeria or in Kenya, but I think the point is, is that, um, you know, young African data science or young Africans, let's say, you know, are are hungry, are hardworking, are ready to do what they need to do to make their way in, you know, in terms of a high value, globally competitive career path like data science. So I think that's what we're seeing is the excitement and just the, the level of commitment to make this happen in Africa is, you know, is unprecedented. 
Yes, and basically it's a very connected to another questions I had, but basically you answer it. Uh, it was about uh, my feeling in my experience. I mentored program across different uh, ecosystem in Africa and Latin America, and I felt that there is some kind of trend when uncertainty grows creativity, when people really uh, face some uh, social pressure, unemployment, mm -hmm. they're not able to find opportunity to traditional institutions, so they create this institution instead. And for instance, in South Africa, based on statistics, there is a huge level of unemployment. So people go to technology in order to build these ecosystems, in order to become uh, tech entrepreneurs, data scientists, in order to change something. It's a really interesting Absolutely. thing. Yeah, I mean, like uh, one of our data scientists said, he was like, he said, you know, we're hungry. We are hungry. Like we are going to do what it takes. Like we're going to work 24 hours a day if that's what it takes. Um, so I think absolutely. And I think what's also interesting is what I mean, even with this Corona, um, you know, environment right now, what we've realized about Zindi also the power of Zindi is that we're an online platform that this type of work, like whether you're in, um, you know, Algeria or Zimbabwe, you can solve a problem for, uh, you can solve traffic in Nairobi. You can solve agriculture in Nigeria. You can even solve a problem for a company in the United States. It doesn't matter where you are. And I think that that's also the opportunity that, probably young African data scientists are finding that, you know, this is unemployment may be high in their own specific market, but if they can tap into this career path, you know, it opens doors that defies, you know, defies borders. Yes, and basically you tapped an another question I had. It was regarding uh, so-called recipes. Uh, some uh, time ago, I mentored project in South Africa. It was dedicated to farming and agriculture problem, and we came up with some solution. And interesting enough that later I explored uh, similar teams and similar problem in the Indonesia, and I connected this team. And mm -hmm. later I started to explore that some problems we have in uh, in Africa, for instance, with face in Latin America, in some Asian countries, and if we're able yeah. to come up with some universal solutions through AI, data science, open source, robotics, drones, and so on, basically it's more or less universal and useful, and we can use it as a recipes. And basically, based on yeah. this information, I have the following question. Do you have plans to scale your work, maybe in some countries with similar economies, maybe in Latin America, like Brazil, Chile? or some Asian yeah. countries, or you prefer to be focused on Africa? I think, yeah, I mean, definitely, like, people have asked about that. I mean, we've even been reached out to by <laughs> by organizations in Latin America. I personally have, like, a lot of um, interest and ties in, in Latin America. But uh, for now, for the short term, like, let's say over the next year, we really want to deepen our footprint in Africa. I mean, we, you know, 12,000 is a lot of data scientists in Africa, but we want to go even further. <laughs> you know, we, we want to be the, you know, go-to place for any aspiring or, you know, established data scientists in Africa. So we're going to focus this next year on Africa. Um, but I think that after that, you know, the, all possibilities are on the table. And I, I like what you're saying about the commonality, you know, the patterns and the commonality and the value that you can add from the different but similar perspectives from, you know, whether it's Latin America or Southeast Asia or, you know, or Sub-Saharan Africa. Like there's a lot that 
one can learn. Um, so yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's on the table for us. Okay. And now I would love to jump another topic. Basically, everything is clear with talent and how you work with people. I think it's a pretty fascinating. Now I would love to talk about social challenges you tackle. And I start with some quick story from my side. I work in technology since 2005, and I would say that around 2014, I started to feel that something wrong in ecosystem like Silicon Valley. Most of time, we're talking about revenues, valuation, and even then, uh, we go to the economic, a uh, huge uh, political level. Most of the time, people say that the key problem is the GDP growth. And after that, we explore that we have a financial uh, uh, pay gap problem, inequality, sexual abuse climate change problems, and now epidemics. So basically, we have tons of problems behind just making some quick solutions uh, or products or making revenues. And we have much more metrics in order to measure how we're successful, uh, actually. So my question is, what's your priority list based on your experience in Africa? Which challenges you try to tackle? Maybe top five, top six problems? <laughs> um wow yeah gosh i mean we are we are really wide open but you know this is actually something that we pose to all of our winners like all the winning all the winners of each of our challenge we actually ask them what they think are the biggest challenges or opportunities for ai to solve problems in africa um and the you know the the answers that come up um again and again is uh, health and medicine is uh, agriculture and mobility. So those are, you know, those are, and those are all areas that we've tackled a lot, but I would add on top of that, like for me also, you know, um, climate change and conservation is another important area for us at Zindi on top of that. Um, and I think just like social and economic inclusion in general is, is something that we're also, we've done a couple of challenges on that that I'd like us to continue to explore. Okay. And now I would love to jump to uh, coronavirus in AI. Uh, recently, I spent an interview and we have discussed how we could use AI in order to tackle a coronavirus epidemic. And I mentioned that we have at least uh, six ways to tackle it. At the same time, we have at least three points where we fail it. For instance, uh, is a predictive analytics because while we have some startups and platforms which basically have a promise of a epidemic and viruses um, prediction, we have failed here. Mm -hmm. At the same time, while we have a smart cities, uh, startups and some technologies here, in some countries, we were not able to uh, quickly connect citizens and governors in terms of uh, feedback, what happened here, uh, what amount of people uh, currently ill, what we need to do, some kind of quick feedback from people and notification. And the last thing is awareness. So while we have uh, some bold statistic about corona or, for instance, climate change, we lack a, a project which focused on education of people. For instance, I'm a citizen. I would love to know what I can do in terms of climate change or in terms of uh, Corona, how to defend myself quickly. I mean, uh, 
we uh, became aware of this problem, but not actually timely. We need more platforms about this. So my question is, uh, do we have challenges, projects, focus on awareness, education? So not only about how to tackle, for instance, water efficiency, uh, healthcare, or climate change, but also about domestic awareness, domestic education of citizens, of people, in order to be involved in this problem on individual level. Mm. Uh, on COVID specifically, or uh, every type of project, project, not only Corona, any, any type of problems. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think one of the side benefits of working on or of of being engaged on Zindi, you know, for a typical data scientist is is the exposure to the social issues and where technology and AI can play a role. So, I mean, and that's what I've found is that, you know, a lot of, you know, our our user base is is primarily, you know, in the 18 to 24 year old um, <laughs> age age group. And then the next, you know, biggest group is, you know, say 25 to 32 or whatever the the ages. So, you know, we have a lot of young people on the platform. A lot of we also have a lot of university students. So I think that they might know a lot of the technical, um, you know, solutions, but having that exercise of applying applying you know their their technical know-how to real problems to solve real problems has a huge educational implication to it you know and i think that having all of these different challenges that we have up whether it's conservation or health or you know coronavirus um i actually think that one of the valuable things that people that the you know, that our users get out of it is also a deeper understanding of these types of issues. And and I say that also because um, we do have a coronavirus or a COVID-19 challenge up right now, which is essentially, um, you know, a predictive a predictive model of predicting, you know, the spread of the spread of um, COVID-19 across the different countries in the world. Um, you know, so very much an epidemiological um, challenge. But I think that one of the side benefits is that as we've gotten our community involved with it, it's actually raised their awareness about the things that you're talking about, you know, about understanding how the virus spreads. What are the main issues? What are the policy interventions that different countries are having so that they can better model how the spread will actually be impacted? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know if that answers exactly your question. Um uh, okay, and uh, the best thing about this that in this case, we guys became some kind of evangelist for their families. So we work with you, they learn about how to use AI for Corona, they learn about policies, they became aware of problem, and after that, they uh, talk to family, to friends, and they educate the whole community. And I think it's a pretty awesome, it's yeah. a kind of a local ambassador, an evangelist of a problem and issue. Um, okay, yeah. um, and now I would love to talk about open source movement and data science movement uh, in general. Uh, I believe while we have a huge problems we need to tackle, water efficiency, climate change, uh, and other things, we have a companies like Amdena that builds collaborative AI to tackle social challenges, human diagnosis project which crowdsource patient data. We have a TensorFlow who make open AI, or we have a Curon who make open universities. 
we have a whole uh, ecosystem. So I have a question. Do you collaborate with similar platforms in your field? Or Zindi prefer go in your own way, build your own community and ecosystem in terms of a data science movement? Um, so was the question if we if we collaborate with some of yes, these yes, other yes. initiatives? Yes, yes, yes. collaborate with similar uh, open source AI or data science platforms uh, or crowdsourcing platforms? Um, let's see. I mean, so far we we haven't necessarily done that much of it but i mean it's not that we're opposed to it like i, I think I actually think it would be quite interesting to to collaborate with some of the other the other similar types of platforms where we do collaborate is like i mentioned is when we collaborate with the on the ground um data scientists like communities and networks so supporting the the in-person um you know the in-person similar platforms with giving them a, you know, an online platform to support the work that they're doing. So we collaborate with, yeah, with those initiatives. Okay. And my last question regarding problems you tackle, I've noticed that one of your projects and challenges dedicated to uh, sexual abuse and harassment. Personally, for instance, our foundation work in this field, we even collaborated with Me Too movement and some leaders who built AI against uh, bullying and harassment on workplace. So I have a question, how often people come up with challenges uh, and uh, projects in this field? And also, what is the perception of this problem in Africa, how corporate world uh, thinks about this problem and how they implement some practices on workplace and maybe at schools? Mm. We don't have a challenge on harassment. We do have a challenge um, in Kenya with the child protection hotline, which deals with sexual and physical abuse of children um, in Kenya. And But yeah, I mean, I think that... Uh, these types of challenges are often proposed to us um, by the community, by organizations in the you know that have heard about Zindi, or a lot of times our own data scientists maybe have a connection with an organization in their country that they recommend reach out to Zindi. So, a lot of these, most of these problems, you know, come from you know are very much like organic and come from the community itself. Uh, so I think that these, you know, even harassment and, you know, uh, you know, other types of very social issues are are important to most of our users. And like I said, a lot of them are young. And so a lot of them have like a level of awareness and just, you know, and motivation to solve these types of problems in their communities. So I think it's it's gone quite well in that sense. Okay, and I have a last question. Just imagine what currently I'm a student at school. For instance, I live in Nigeria or uh, Uganda, and I'm really passionate about mathematics, uh, statistics, and I dream about uh, data science career or a career or in machine learning. So uh, at the same time, I believe there are some um, local limitation. It's a pretty difficult journey. So what would you say to me in order to motivate me in being involved in data science and machine learning in my region? Why you believe it's a, uh, a very beneficial way and career? Mm. I mean, I, th I think that it's, 
it's incredibly important. Like I said, that, you know, um, data science is the importance of data science in Africa is really twofold to me. It's, it's about, you know, strengthening the, the local economies. It's about, you know, companies and even, you know, any service provider, be it government or NGOs, you know, for them to be able to scale the services and, you know, their businesses more efficiently, more competitively. So it's important in that way because it it leads to long-term economic growth. But then on the other hand, the other benefit of data science in Africa is that we are creating not just jobs today or tomorrow, but we're creating long-term, high-value, globally competitive career opportunities for you know decades to come. And so I think that for a young person who's interested in statistics, mathematics, computer science and thinking about data science, it's really about you know jumping onto this path of a of this really high value long-term career path um, that can lead to all types of things. I mean, like I said with Zindi we're showing that you don't even have to be in the country to, to really have an impact in a country. You can solve problems in Kenya, in South Africa, in the United States. Um, and yeah, so I think I think that young people are already taking notice and, um, and we just wanna provide that platform and provide the tools for them to, to fulfill their promise. I believe it's great. Um, and as you said, you either win or learn. So there is no failed path <laughs> anyway, correct? Yes, exactly. Okay, so basically, I'm out of my question. If you have some kind of announcement, call to action, um, our community includes philanthropists, investors, scientists, and different kinds of people. So if, if something you would love to share or announce, uh, feel free to say. Yeah. Sure. I mean, so one of the one of the initiatives that we're going to be launching um, this week, actually. So I don't know when this will come out, but actually throughout the month of April and May, um, in light of you know the lockdown that's happening well around the world and especially in Africa, a lot of university students got sent home a couple of weeks ago. Like literally, they you know they have been cut off. Uh, the universities don't all have the same infrastructure as they do in the United States to support the students as they go home. So, you know, in light of what's of this environment right now, um, we're launching a series of weekend hackathons for our community. So, I mean, it's actually open to everybody, but especially we want to, um, you know, let the university students know about these where we'll have a Friday to Sunday challenge. Um, it's kind of like a machine learning sprint and the theme is going to be COVID-19. So we're going to have, we have a number of challenges and data sets lined up um, that that help tackle this problem, uh, either in Africa or globally. So I think, you know, please keep an eye out for that. If you're a data scientist out there, feel free to join in um, on these weekend hackathons. And, and then for, you know, other actors that are out there, um, if you want to support this, you know, this community of African data scientists, uh, you know, whether it's through problem sets, through prize money, through, um, you know, other maybe technical or career support uh, or opportunities. I think that, you know, we're we're very open. We'd love to hear from from any potential partners out there. Selena, thank you so much for your time. Stay safe, stay healthy and stay genie. <laughs>